Becky Gannon, and this is Mad About Miniatures. This episode features Rabina Patterson, whose work has been featured in American Miniatures magazine. But before we talk to Rabina, I have a quick favor to ask. If you like the show, please consider following, subscribing, or commenting. It really helps me out. And now, let's go meet Rabina. Hello, Rabina. It's so good to have you on. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about how you got into miniatures. I hear you started with mini gardens. I did, actually. I I fell in love with miniature fairy gardens, and I made those for years, actually. Yeah, I just became really frustrated with the scale of them, quality and the realism. So I was moving away from them. A little bit and I was searching the internet for some things to put in a particular garden and I stumbled upon two different makers paper doll miniatures and tiny house calls and they had made these modern houses and I was absolutely fascinated by them and a real light bulb moment went off for me and that began my journey. So you hadn't really seen like a modern house like that before in miniature? I hadn't. I hadn't at all. I certainly knew of Victorian style dollhouses, but I just had never seen it in a contemporary or a modern style. I went through Christine of Paper Doll Miniatures. I went through her Belmont house and I just couldn't get enough of it. Three weeks, a month later, I bought my first dollhouse. Wow. So... You did these mini gardens for a long time, right? I did. I collected pieces. I I drove far and wide to try and find pieces because I know at the time when I was interested in them, there weren't there wasn't really a lot available. And the main, you know, place I could purchase them was online. You were into fairy gardens before they were popular. I think so. And then they really became popular. And then all of a sudden, in like my nursery garden centers around me, they were, it was everywhere. Boom. And it was like, I, you know, I couldn't not find it. <laughs> but then interestingly enough, it's gone again. I recently went to one of my local nurseries and there was nothing. They'd gotten rid of all of it. Wow. Well, one of the things I thought was so neat is you said you used to make them as birthday gifts for your friends. Yeah, for a little while there, I each of my friends, I would make them a garden for their birthday that represented them. I did that for about a year, but um, yeah, it was a lot of work. So I kind of uh, fell away from it. And once you've made it for one birthday, how? what are you going to do the second time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But can you give us an example of one of your favorite ones, like a theme or something? I think for me, it was just about trying to make them as personal as possible. I know a good friend of mine who lives in Montreal. She works online. That's her job. And I found a little laptop computer. And she quite often likes to work out on her deck. So I built a deck scene, you know, that had her, that had a small laptop in there. And she also likes to drink tea. And I had a cup of tea and some little pets. So yeah, I just would always try to think of what people enjoyed and try to put that into the scene. Another friend of mine hikes. Uh, I found a little pair of hikers. And so I made a forest scene and put the pair of hikers, you know, kind of on the edge of that forest scene. Those are some really thoughtful birthday gifts. I mean, that's really cool. Thank you. I love it. So then you started and that was about three years ago when you started on dollhouses? 
Yeah, I bought that house, I think, in March of 2018. And it was a real fixer-upper, right? Oh, yeah. I just didn't realize, right? I bought it. It was a good price. Uh, the Part of the reason why I was attracted to it is called an Ibeck house, which is a company, it was a Canadian company that used to make and sell dollhouses. And they're made of wood rather than MDF. Oh. And so I found this Ibeck house, but I got it home and just truly realized how bad of shape it was in. And it killed me. It broke me. That house broke me. I went back and looked at those early pictures and I don't mean to be mean, but it's the kind of thing where if it was a real house, like they'd scrape it off the land and start over. (laughs) Yeah. You made it look so cute, but ouch, that is hard for a beginner. No matter what I did, the wallpaper wouldn't come off. Like, I don't know what they used, but I sanded it, you know, water, everything. It just would not come off. No. And so I ended up making false walls for every wall just to cover up how bad the walls were. Floor was so damaged, I, I just painted it white. That was really kind of the only option. Oh, except there was an area upstairs that was the bathroom. And I can't remember what was down on the floor. But again, it was so damaged. I had to chisel it off each little piece and then laid new floor. So, but that was supposed to be a cabin of someone you knew, right? My husband's family, they have a family cabin on a lake called Green Lake. And I I modeled it somewhat off of their cabin. So then you got a second dollhouse. It seems like a little bit less of a fixer-upper. A little bit less, yeah. I bought the Vermont Farmhouse Junior. I bought that used as well, but it definitely wasn't as bad. It had some stickers inside, but that was about it. But I've, I've since come to realize they didn't put it together square. Oops. So that has caused some problems, but not as bad as the first house. So is this the one that you're doing in black and white? Yes, the whole house in black and white. It's gorgeous. Thank you. I love how I can see through the doorways and see the different black and white patterned wallpapers. Thank you. I don't know where the black and white came from. Partly, I think it came from wallpaper. The very first wallpaper I found that I wanted to use was the one that I'm using up in the attic. And that just kind of took, yeah, the theme for the house just went from there. Did you know you wanted to do it in sort of a modern farmhouse style? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was always the plan. And do you make a lot of your furniture, buy a lot, kind of a mixture? This house is definitely a mix. The bed was 3D printed. I I asked for the design and had it 3D printed. Wow. Basically, everything in this house I've either designed, remodeled, or built in some fashion. That's part of why it's taken me so long. But yeah, I've taken like the dresser for the bedroom. I repainted black, so it's a little more modern. And then I made a built-in desk. So I, I built that. It has a center cabinet that I purchased, and then I built a desk around it. Everything has been modified by me in some way for this house. I like that. Sometimes even just a little tweak can really make it yours. Definitely. And you use a lot of kits, right? The dining room table was made from a kit. I haven't made it yet, but the sofa is going to be made from a kit. Yeah, that's it so far, I think. 
Okay, well, I guess I'm thinking, didn't you host an event where it was like make a kit, you know, every day for a month or something like that? Yes, I hosted that in January. I have a lot of like accessory kits and they were just sitting in my drawer. And I thought, oh, I've got to start making some of these. It just occurred to me that if (laughs) if I talked about it publicly, I'd have a little bit of accountability. Yeah, it worked, you know, because obviously as the host, I felt I better uh, make these kits. It was uh, a weekly challenge, and then like once a week, it was like make something big, and then twice a week, make something small. That's a good strategy. For sure. So one of the things that you've done, I mean, when you went into the dollhouse, you really went into it like full force. Like you've been at that special miniature school in Maine. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, that's the International Guild of Miniature Artists, IGMA for short. So they hold a school once a year, and that's always in June. And then you go Monday to Saturday, and you pick your classes through a lottery. And are you pretty much building or taking classes like all day long? You start at 7.45 in the morning, and you go until 4.45 in the evening. So it's like miniature boot camp. Yeah, it certainly felt like it. It was, for me, it was really intense. I was quite new. I did that in 2019. So, you know, a little over a year after starting miniatures. Mm-hmm. And I loved it, but it was pretty intense. But you must have come out of there just with so many more skills and ideas. Definitely. I mean, I ended, I took four classes. Aren't the teachers kind of from all over the world, like very respected artisans? Yeah, yeah, they come from all over. Like one of my teachers, he's Englishman, but he lives in Spain. Uh, another lady was from Germany. They definitely come from all over, mainly Americans, but, you know, definitely an international side, student-wise and teacher-wise. So any fun anecdotes or favorite classes? Oh, gosh. I I wish I could say there was some, but it was just so intense. I mean, by the third day, I I ended up having a little cry because I I was so, yeah, it was just overwhelming. And I don't want to discourage anyone from going, but it just, as someone so new, and you don't, you know, you're in a new spot, you're not sleeping well. And by the end, I was hooked and I'd already signed up for the following year. Okay, well, that's good notice. You know, I tried the third day of law school for the same reason. (laughs) Yeah, then you just find your rhythm, and then it's fine. And you've also been, I haven't been to a show, we talked about this, I'm going to go to my first one, I think, Philadelphia Miniaturia in November, but you've been to the one in London. Yeah, 2019, that was a bit of a crazy year. I got, at least I got it all in before COVID. Yeah, in 2019 of May, I flew to London, and I went to the Kensington Dollhouse Show, and that was my first show. Is that the biggest in the world? Second biggest? I don't know. I think there's a little bit of competition between Chicago and Kensington. I think the Chicago one might be slightly bigger. The difference with Chicago is you've you've got three different shows that are happening at the same time, whereas Kensington is just the one. So I think in the, the sense the three shows combined definitely makes Chicago bigger. So tell me about... Your, I mean, your work is still very garden inspired, I think, because I still see you do lots of vignettes, a fabulous deck for 4th of July, and you were actually in a magazine for your, was it a little potting shed or? 
Uh, I made a potting bench. Yeah, American Miniaturist did an article on that potting bench, and I made it to go under a cloche, a glass dome. But yeah, I, I always end up gravitating back to some form of outdoor scene that'll always be there in my miniature pages. I garden in in real life. I have a fairly extensive garden. There'll always be some sort of outdoor or gardening scene scattered amongst the, the dollhouses. It's your signature. Yeah, maybe. How did you end up in American Miniaturist magazine? Gina of Calico Garden. She just touched base with me. She had seen the cloche and she wrote me a message and asked if I was okay with it being in the magazine. And I said, yep, and went from there. So she also works at American Miniaturist? She is their media person. Okay, well, that's so fun. And... Mm -hmm. I also love all the different containers you use besides dollhouses. Yeah, I have to say those are my favorite. I mean, this is a, a little bit of blasphemy, but if I'm being honest, my favorite isn't dollhouses. Yeah, they're not my favorite thing to make. Ah, so you like using these odd containers. We still love you. You're still part of our community. <laughs> I know. Don't worry. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> so tell me some of the cool containers you've used. I think it's more I really enjoy a single like a room box if I had my way that would be what I spent most of my time doing would be single rooms for sure and I will probably go back to that for a while after I finish the current house like after I did my first house I actually built a dining room room box mm-hmm I decorated that often uh, would change it out for the seasons and then I did the scene in the barrel. Oh, I also built a small, like, herbal apothecary hut. I did that in a small room box. I covered the outside with bark. Oh, cool. What is it, do you think, about it that makes you like the room boxes or the single scenes better? That's a really good question. I'm not 100% sure. I, I find that I... I get bored fairly quickly. Ah. So I find with a house, I don't know, it's just working on the same thing for a long time. Right. You want to just change it up. Yes. They're way easier to access. Like my dining room, room box, I never, ever completely put the ceiling on it. Like the ceiling lifts off. And so for photos, you know, I can take it outside. I can lift off the ceiling and it's filled with bright light. Ah. You know, I can move it around. I can carry it. Whereas my dollhouse, I've carried it outside. But whoa, I mean, you know, that's that is not an easy endeavor. No, and my my flare house, which is a house with two expansion packs on the side. I mean, I don't know that I'll ever get that thing outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, something that's helped with my Vermont that I'm working on right now is I bought a really amazing cart from IKEA. And it has wheels. It's on Ooh. wheels. And so I have it in the living room right now. And I just wheel it around and I face it to the big front window. And it's made a huge difference. Oh, because you do have fabulous photos with fabulous light. Wow. So how big is the house? Uh, the Vermont, that's the other thing. The Vermont's not too big. So that helps. Mm -hmm. It fits on the cart perfectly. But the cart, you could definitely put down some wood on it. You could definitely increase the surface area. But that cart has been a real game changer. It's got two shelves. And so I store things. And like I said, with the wheels, it's really great just to wheel it around and close to the window. 
I'm going to have to do a video in my living room if I get them all in carts. It'll be like a little traffic <laughs> cam of houses. Dollhouse Derby. <laughs> yes, we could have little races. You know, maybe the yep. Lundby will win because it's a little sleeker and smaller. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look into that. I feel an IKEA drip coming on. Because I've looked at turntables, but then you still have to have something to put the turntable on. And I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you saw my little saga with this current house. When I purchased it, it was on a turntable. And the people who, whoever had built it, screwed the turntable right into the base of the house. So rather than kind of putting down a piece of wood and then the turntable, they screwed it right into the base. Well, it caused my house to sag. A cautionary tale. Yeah, so the middle of my house was fine, but the two sides was quite pronounced, actually. Sag quite a bit. And it's weird, I didn't notice it had sagged so much until I put the house on the cart. Because before that, the house was on my craft room table, which wasn't at my eye level. Oh. I didn't really see it. And then we moved the house onto the cart. And I was sitting in the living room one day, and both my husband and I were looking at it, and he's like, wow. He goes, your house is really sagged. Oh, no. I looked, I'm like, Oh, gosh, yeah. And so that, you know, delayed construction for quite a while because we took off the turntable and then trying to level out that floor. So, yeah, the turntable was fantastic for from a convenience point of view. But the way that it had attached, it definitely took a toll on the house. So the turntable's gone. And like I said, I have this cart with wheels and that serves as my turntable. So it's worked out really well. I feel like the extra needy dollhouses of the world have your phone number or something. <laughs> I think so. Give us your abandoned. You're yeah. falling over. Yeah, for sure. I do love taking these houses that, you know, would probably be thrown away or sit empty and, you know, making them new and loved again. I do love that. Definitely. I mean, I still have, I've got three dollhouses waiting in the wings. When I'll ever get to them, I don't know, but they're there. So I will certainly do another one. So that was a surprise to me. When I got my first dollhouse, I was like, okay, I'm all set. Maybe someday I'll get a second one. Well, like three weeks later, I had a second one. Yep. Now I have, gosh, I'm not quite sure, uh, listeners, but maybe five. I was going to ask you how many you have. I'll have to think about that because I just got gifted another one. So let's just say a few. And almost everyone that's been doing it for a little while has sort of a line, you know, waiting, a dollhouse is in waiting. Yep, for sure. Because you don't want to be caught without one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got, well, two that are built, waiting, again, more renos, and then one that's in a kit. So do you have designs on which one you'll do next? Because you're fairly far along in the black and white one, aren't you? Yeah, but it's taken me a year and a half to get this one done. Uh, yeah, two of the houses waiting in the wings. I'm not quite sure which one I'll do. I actually have two more IBEC houses that I bought. So one of them will be next. And they're a little smaller, right? Um... One of the Ibeck houses I bought is big. It's their biggest house that they ever produced. I'm very lucky they attract me because, like I said, they're out of production. You can't buy them anymore. And I've found four of them. Wow. I've done well. And will you continue with black and white? Will you use color? I definitely won't do the black and white again. The depending on which one I do, they're gonna one's gonna be another cabin, and the other one will be a Pacific Northwest uh, beach house. 
Ooh, I just started a beach house and it's so fun. Definitely. So what's your favorite thing you like to do? Oh, that's a good question. Well, for me, I definitely like working with wood. I like making furniture, but ultimately, and I think eh, like many, I like it when the room is finished and I can style the room. Oh, that is the best part, isn't it? (laughs) Well, it's just so fun. Did you take classes online during the last year? I did, actually. I took a flower making. So yeah, IGMA, for the first time ever, offered some online classes because of COVID. I certainly hope they offer more. They sold out very fast, but I managed to get the tulip making class. I did that in May. Oh, I hope they do, too, because there's some people that will never be able to get up there for a whole week. Yeah, exactly. And in some ways, I mean, I would love to go. But in some ways, just doing one class, you know, at home with your own coffee cup and nobody looking, yeah, there's some benefit to that, too. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they got some really good feedback from it. And again, like I said, they sold out really fast. So, uh, yeah, I really hope they take that, you know, positive feedback on and offer more. You know, you can't do everything online, like learning a lathe. Obviously, that's not going to happen. You need to be in person for that. But the tulip making class was perfect. I I found it anyway, absolutely perfect for an online setting. I would imagine that would be a good one. Do you still have a little... uh... A little pile of kits in your closet that are oh, asking to be made. Oh, much, much more than a little pile, Becky. I've got a drawer full of small kit, and then I have quite a lot of furniture kit. I got a problem. You're attracted to the kits, right? Because you said sometimes they're a little more modern, and also because you like to put your own touch on them. Is that is that the attraction? Definitely. Yeah, I'll do the challenge again in January. It's a lot of fun, but it's actually a lot of work hosting those online events. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a lot of work. I don't have any kits right now. Not a single what? one. I know. Isn't that crazy? Why? So I'm going to have to get some so I can be in your little kit club. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have to pick some up in Philadelphia. I have a feeling that that won't be too hard to do. Mm-hmm. I do. So I've asked some of the miniaturists. Some people are really against stairs, really for stairs, really against bathrooms, really for bathrooms. Do you have any strong feelings on this controversial issue? <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the bathroom one I wasn't aware of. That one surprises me. But I'm definitely for bathrooms. The stairs issue, you're right. That is definitely a, a strong, hot topic. Let's put it this way. I would prefer to have stairs, but if they don't work, I feel absolutely fine taking them out. I took the stairs out of my first house and I took the stairs out of the Vermont. Yes, I'm kind of along that line too. My first house, the stairs just lifted away and they it freed up without me doing any additional work. It freed up like 60% more of the room, you know, because yeah. of the way it intersected. But Flare House, there was no way to get it out of there. So I decided if I was going to have stairs, by God, I was going to have stairs. I put this like tile paper on them and, you know, made them a focal point. But I definitely don't feel like I have to have them. Same. Well, I think part of the problem is dollhouses, they're built for kids. Most of them. The Vermont, I think it's mainly for kids to play with. And so the stairs, I don't know, they're sort of an afterthought. And the, the stairs in the Vermont anyway were like right 
in the living room and there's just no way you could have a proper living room by keeping the stairs. Whereas my one Ibeck house, like I said, that is about three quarters built. It has a staircase and it's purpose built as in like it, the room still function with ah. having, even though there's a staircase. So I'm thrilled about that. So obviously I'm going to keep that staircase. The rooms are still a decent size. The staircase is in the middle of the house. That's my second one. It's like that too. It's fine. I guess with bathrooms, I just feel like maybe because I love making the soft furnishings so much. You know, the couches, the chairs, the pillows, the fabric. You know, and I I don't feel I could make my own toilet. And honestly, I don't think they're all that cute even. And just on the last bit on the bathrooms, I think for me, I'm ultimately a equal opportunity miniaturist. Like if people want to have dolls, have dolls. You want to do vignettes, do vignettes. You want to do room boxes, do room boxes. I truly just love miniatures and I like to see them in any form that people do them. I totally agree. I mean, these are just my own preferences. Everyone should make up their own rules in their dollhouse or in their non-dollhouse, in their whiskey bottle or their their pumpkin or whatever they make it. And it's funny because some of my favorite accounts are not at all like what I do. And that's part of why I love them. I know for me, I, I certainly obviously put some rules on myself. I'm a bit of a stickler for scale. I definitely like things to be within scale. But I also know, yeah, it can be really challenging to find things that are proper 112 scale. Well, those are your rules you impose for yourself. I think that's different. We're we're not here to impose rules upon other people. You can have a house of nothing but staircases and I'll still like it on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, why didn't I think of that? Now, now that I want to see. Yeah, now (laughs) if you have one, listener... Please, let Rabina and I know. We're curious. Yeah. I see so many of these haunted and ghoulie houses now all year round. Have you done anything like that? I haven't. No. I haven't either. I mean, so far my dollhouses are sort of a relentlessly cheerful place. It's funny. I have a porch that uh, got put off to the wayside. It's literally just a porch. Oh, It's a kit that was sold, I don't know, quite some time ago. And it's just two false fronts and a porch. And so I was tempted to make that to be a bit more run down. We'll see. Um, That might be my my run down one. A porch sounds great. I've never heard of just a porch by itself. It's a great idea. Yeah. I bought it from a a lady in my mini club and I'd never seen it before either. And yeah, I got to get back to it. I'll, I'll finish this house and I'll I'll work on the port. So are you going to continue taking classes? Are you going to go to shows and museums this year? What are your plans? Well, I'll always take classes for sure. I mean, I'll go to mini school next summer. I've already told them that I'll, I'm going to be signing up. Fun. So I will hopefully be there next June in Maine. I'm going to call you on the third day though, okay? <laughs> yeah, please do. You can do it. You can do it. It's okay. It's just mini school. Do you get a mini diploma when you're done? Each teacher gives you a certificate that you completed their class. They should really give you a tiny little diploma. I'm going to send them a message about that. (laughs) That would be fun. 
Well, it's been so fun talking to you, and you've done so many things. I mean, I have just begun to explore the classes and shows, and you have just done so much, and it really shows in your work. I mean, it's just so meticulous, and but yet cozy and creative. I mean, you just kind of nail all those points. Well, thank you very much. Been great talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed talking to Rabina as much as I did. My next episode, are you ready for this? Features Laura Taylor, who is Curator of Interpretation at the National Museum of Toys and Miniatures. I am so excited. She has so much knowledge and passion about miniatures and the museum. We talk about all sorts of things, from how they clean those tiny miniatures with makeup brushes, to exploration of miniatures with secret compartments, and so much more. You won't want to miss this episode. It comes out September 7th. In the meantime, remember, your dollhouse, your rules. See you next time on Mad About Miniatures.